Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you've been hurt in a car accident or slip and fall, then call the law office of Seltzer Mayberg at 855-5000-LAW or go to onecalllegal.com. Mention Five Reason Sports to get a free consultation. With 24-7 availability, they'll make sure you work directly with an attorney to get you the compensation that you deserve. Once again, 855-5000-LAW. That's Seltzer Mayberg. Let me introduce you to another sponsor, bestever.com. That is B-S-T-E-V-R.com. Bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real-life data to simulate hypothetical situations. For example, ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with Bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have Bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Best Ever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T-E-V-R.com. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league. Or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards with Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Salmon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Biscayne Bay Brewing. I was over at their, what's going to be their new lounge in downtown Miami, and it and it's starting to look spectacular. But if you want to try what they produce, you can go to Publix, Puddle Wine, ABC Liquors, or you can have it delivered to you via Instacart. Go to Biscayne Bay Brewing 
Ravens.com for more details. All right. Free agency is about seven days away as we record this. But the Dolphins made some news this week as they traded for Isaiah Wilson. First, your reaction, and then we're going to get into the players. Simon, your reaction. It's no lose, really. Um, you know, to get a first-round pick from 10 months ago for a, for a swap of seventh round is just an absolute no-lose. I mean, the issue, I suppose, comes with the contract, $4 million-plus uh, this year. Um does he make the team? I mean, moving Isaiah Wilson, who has been a clusterfuck off the field, uh, to the city of Miami, uh, it's probably not the wisest uh, thing to do. But if anybody can turn around, it's going to be Brian Flores. He's going to need a pretty senior, serious sort of buddy, somebody who he can uh, get under the wing of, because that clearly didn't happen in Tennessee. But if he can lose his shit in Nashville, then God knows the damage he can do in Miami. I mean, he's a good player. And if they can get him switched on, and if they can get him right, then he could be a really, really interesting addition, uh, which allows you to kick Robert Hunt inside to guard. But, you know, let's be honest, um, does anybody really see him turning his life around? I mean, he seems like an incredibly immature kid with talent, but remains to be seen what happens. If they can get something out of him, then great. But, you know, uh, and people talking about, oh, well, that takes Penny Sewell off the table. I mean, it patently doesn't. You know, no, a guy that they picked up for a swap of seventh round picks does not take a potential, you know, all pro left tackle off the table. I mean, it, no. it, it absolutely doesn't. Um, you know, he might not even make, unless Miami aren't going to have, they're not going to see Wilson. I mean, they won't see him physically. They won't see him play, but they also won't even get to shake his hand until after the draft anyway. So, you know, if, you, if you're turning down the, the opportunity to draft Penesor because you think you've drafted a right, ta- you've picked up a right tackle, and Isaiah Wilson, then Wilson flames out, gets arrested, gets a D, another DUI, you know, then you're just going to look idiotic. So it absolutely does not change a single thing. So, but yeah, I mean, if it works out, great. If it doesn't, who'd be surprised? Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And you said something interesting before I get Chris in here. You said something interesting in the in the WhatsApp chat. As I said, you know, the worst case scenario could be that he could be, you know, pretty decent depth. And I tend to agree with what you said. He either starts or he gets cut. Right? Like, mm. you still agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think he... I, I just don't think... Something dramatic has got to change within Isaiah Wilson for him to be a Miami Dolphin. And based on the evidence of the last 10 months in Tennessee, where he literally went from being a first-round pick to somebody who was given away for free. I mean, given away. I can't remember a time when a first-round pick has flamed out so quickly with a club in a small, in inverted commas, city in terms of, you know, the opportunity to do bad shit. Um <laughs> You know, it's uh, with, with a veteran team, you know, there are veteran players on that line, you know, Derek Henry, Tanner Hill, you know, veteran head coach in terms of somebody who's been around the block. Um, it seemed like a, just an extraordinary sort of waste of his ability. So I, I, I very much doubt he'll be on the team come the start of the season, but let's hope he proves me wrong. But it certainly won't have anything to do with or any effect on who they draft or who they don't draft. Chris, you like the trade? Is there upside, um, or should I say, would you bet on the upside here? No, I wouldn't bet on the upside. Um, did I like the trade? Well, let me put it this way: I had a, um, I had a, somebody, uh, I had a scout actually uh, put a headline to me. I don't know, maybe two weeks, whatever, whatever it was ago when, um, when it became clear that Isaiah Wilson was 
forcing his way out of uh, either forcing his way or just read the writing on the wall. I don't know. Um, out of Tennessee. And um, my comment was, you know, I could see Miami being interested, but nobody's going to take that contract. Miami was interested. And then they did take that first round contract. That's the problem that I have with this because, uh, and, and, Actually, there's information we don't have, and that's, you know, what you don't know can kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know if Tennessee successfully voided his, uh, his, his guarantees. If they did, this is all fine. I, I, don't, I don't give a shit, you know. Um, if they voided his guarantees because of all uh, everything that he's been through, then I, I could really care less um, about the whole thing. If they didn't void the guarantees, if he has $4 million guaranteed, then that is an expensive scratch-off ticket. For a guy who came out with the label, I mean, this is, you know, other people thought this way about him too. That he, was, he was very boomer bust and was on a fast, as Simon said, maybe the fastest we've seen track to the ladder, to the bust town, um, to to catch that falling knife and pay $4 million to do it. I'm not sure that I would do that. I honestly, um, and this is something that I've noticed the Miami does. Um, they, they do take these scratch off tickets and that's fine, but they, they also pay a little bit for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they did it with, uh, with Josh Rosen. They paid a second round pick to catch that falling knife. And, um, and sure, you know, sure enough, a year later, he's, you know, nobody even thinks he's an NFL player at this point. Um, so, well, maybe, maybe whoever he's with and on the practice squad for thinks that there's some chance somewhere, but I don't think many people do. Um, so I, I think, you know, you look at it, if, if you have to, th- we don't know if this guy's going to make it to training camp, let alone through training camp. Mm. Cause as Simon says, he could get arrested. He could, you know, fail to make weight. Uh, you know, he could go wrong all kinds of ways, which he already did go wrong in Tennessee. And, and so imagine that we, we end up cutting the guy before training camp even starts. Cause you know, he, he didn't make weight or, you know, something, something like that. And you still got to pay him $4 million. What a fucking terrible deal that would be, you know, like that. And I'm sorry that, you know, I don't think it's just win, win or no lose or something like that. It, there isn't, there is a discrete loss. It's a loss of $4 million. And that's if he didn't, you know, if the, the guaranteed money is not voided. Um, if it is voided again, I couldn't give a shit, but, um, but if it's, if it's still active, then, you know, this is, it could be, it could be. So, I mean, $4 million is not, is not, a, a, it's not couch cushion change, right? It, it is, it is literally a player that you probably could have re-signed, but you can't because of $4 million. So um, I think on that basis, man, that's, that's kind of an expensive scratch off ticket for me, but we'll I just see. Say- I never, I never liked him coming out of the draft to begin with. To be honest, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to start at right tackle for the Miami Dolphins. So I don't think he's that good. I think Tennessee paid his guaranteed bonus money. Well, they paid his signing bonus. Well, but we're talking t- about guaranteed. Well, they can't. Tennessee. They don't. They don't pay guaranteed salaries. 
It said Tennessee was set to pay Wilson two point six million this upcoming season had he stayed, but will now have to pay out an extra four point four million in dead money, his guaranteed bonus money, leaving the Titans with one point well, eight million. That's because people don't really understand the the difference between like accounting and actually paying and stuff like that. Yeah, like when yeah. they write these articles. They say that they're paying dead money. Nobody pays dead money. Dead money reflects money that you've already paid. It's it's money you have literally already given the guy, and now you have to book it. Yeah, <laughs> you know you didn't have to book it before, but now you do. Um, so I, the issue the issue with his guarantees is that the salary this year is guaranteed to him, and the salary is not payable until you start collecting game checks, right? So, so the salary is guaranteed this year. The salary next year is guaranteed. And the salary uh, two years from now is also partially guaranteed. It's like one, a little over a million of it is guaranteed. And it all adds up to about $4 million. Now, that was true when he was drafted. He got in all kinds of trouble. Did, did Tennessee take him to, you know, wherever the authorities arbitration or whatever and, and get those guarantees voided? That's, that's the question that I'd want to be asking. Mm. Yeah, it seems like everything really started happening as soon as he got drafted. Like he leaves, he leaves the draft. They take him 29th overall, and in my opinion, I think all of our opinions, he was vastly overdrafted. Like th- that's a guy that we looked at, kind of as a second round or third round prospect. He gets to Tennessee, and all hell breaks loose from from day one. I don't know. Could it be a, a change of scenery could help him? Is this the best place for him, Simon? Mm, I mean, as I said, I don't think Miami is the best place for somebody with off-field issues. Um, I, I mean, look, let's be honest. If he's on the roster come the first week of the, the 2021 season, I think we'll all be surprised. Um, I just can't see it, and I suspect he'll probably be flamed out out of the league within 18 months. Yeah, and as a player, and as a player, you guys don't have a, as far as a, a calculus of what kind of player he was that got him drafted 29th. Because I remember he, he kind of lumbered. He's not an athletic type. He is grabby. He can drive was, block. He's a good run blocker. I thought it was a bit stiff in pass protection. Um, yeah, but I thought it was a decent. I thought it was a decent run blocker. Um, I thought he I thought, he can move pretty well. Yeah, I thought I, I thought he could move pretty well. Um, it just. It, it was a bit like Austin. Ja- I mean, Miami did this with Austin Jackson, right? I mean, he, he had problems. Hmm. He had problems coming out. We weren't like, you know, all about it. Like he, like he grades super well as a pass protector and everything. And, and he, but what he has, he's like a lump of clay, right? He's, he's big and strong, explosive, has some, some movement ability. And I thought Isaiah Wilson kind of fits that too. I can see why they liked him. They along know. the same lines. He's another guy as well that is not going to, you know, this is not a zone blocker. This is, you know, this is somebody that's, um, you know, this is a big human being who's going to fit nicely into a man-based blocking scheme. I think his play was a bit uneven, um, but I thought he was, the traits, the physical traits are, you know, are outstanding when you look at what he's got to work with. You know, he's six seven. he's 350 pounds with almost 36-inch arms and 10.5-inch hands. I mean, he's a massive human. Um you know, it's elite size, it's elite length, but um, he needs some work, definitely. And I just don't think he was prepared to put that work in last season. Whether or not he is able to do it this season, we'll 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 wait and see. Do you well, buy the high school thing? Like, you know, he and Flores went to the same high school, so that. I don't well, it's gonna be up. To, it's gonna be up to Flores to actually get in a room and talk to Isaiah Wilson yeah. and talk to him because the way that, that 
these things work is everybody says, okay, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's a no harm, no foul. And you talked about the 4 million, you know, who has to talk about the 4 million, Chris Greer to Steven Ross, who has to write that check and actually see it disappear. That's money. That's not coming back. If Isaiah Wilson does not see any returns on the field. The thing oh. was, I don't think any of the off-field... Uh, it, it seemed like the off-field issues were something that were a surprise to everybody. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. he wasn't... Uh, Interesting, yeah. He wasn't a, a, a bad kid at Georgia. But you look at the, the, you know, you look at the off-field issues. You know, he went on the reserve COVID list. He jumped off a two-story balcony to avoid police at Tennessee State University. He went back on the COVID list again. He crashed into a concrete wall in his car and was arrested for DUI. He missed multiple practices because he claimed he had a headache. He was then involved in another car crash that totaled his vehicle. He was then suspended by the Titans for violating team rules. He was then placed on the reserve non-football illness list. Then he spent New Year's Eve in Miami, partying on a boat. Um, then he posted that bizarre disclaimer on his Instagram story about, in case of any local or federal investigation by any department or anything similar, I do not have any involvement in drugs or the sales of drugs. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, and then he tweeted this Titan crew. Well, who, who hasn't tweeted that? I mean, yeah, who hasn't? So, you know, he has been an absolute clusterfuck since the moment he got drafted. So, you know, Unless he was joking. That. If you can say that he was joking, that'd be awesome. You know, that means that we have a, a really colorful character uh, on the team. But, but yeah. I just don't think, who saw that coming? I don't think there were. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. That's uh, what I say. Uh, Georgia. Yeah. You know. Oh my God! Now that's uh, that, that's interesting. If you put everything like that in chronico- chronological order, yeah, it, it's it. The odds up are severely against him actually panning out. But you know, there's a pretty good support staff here. You know, he has a teammate here. He has Brian Flores that who who can. I don't know what he's gonna have to do, but he's gonna have to do a hell of a job. And he had to have signed off on this. This can't be Chris Greer just looking at the waiver wire every day and then saying you know what isaiah wilson maybe i could trade for him you know he's unhappy over there let me just go get him you know i think it matters that miami has a connection with georgia um that i've heard about before mm-hmm. you know in the personnel department that there's um there are connections there i was told that um that pretty plainly last year and uh and i th- that it came came into um you know it, it came uh into the spotlight i think with the solomon kinley drafting which was, I think, a lot higher than than some people th- had Solomon Kinley um, being drafted in the fourth. You know, this was the fourth round, the top of the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, it was one of those things that he was he was sort of a legend around around Georgia with the coaches for what he could do physically, despite being as big as he was. I think that the connections with Georgia probably had something to do with this. And then there's the connection with the high school thing, which to me is. On, I, I don't know. I didn't go to that high school. I didn't, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. live that. Um, to me, it's bullshit, but that's, that's just me. Um, but for those people that came from that high school, perhaps it's not, you know, and, and there, maybe that does really matter. So, but it's, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's could, interesting. Could work listen, out. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Listen to uh, just looking at some of the quotes from like coaches that coach high school coaches, but the Georgia offensive line coach, said that everything that had happened was out of character for the young man that I know. I just think sometimes when you play at these big programs, you're so structured. Your life is on a spreadsheet. He's all of a sudden got freedom and got money. I don't know. He's not making great decisions, but he was never, never, ever an issue while he was here. here. 
Um, and then the, the journalist goes on to say that's similar to what I've been hearing about Wilson all year from those who knew him prior to the NFL. He's not a bad kid at all. He's social. He's outgoing. He's intelligent. He's basically a big kid. Um, and it says lack of maturity does seem the likely culprit behind his problems. Well, if it isn't, you know, he's yet to turn 22, um, which probably isn't a good fit for the, you know, you better stay at home year of COVID. Um, and maybe that's part of the issue, but I don't know. It just seems. Does that very, sound uh, like to you? That's that's it sounds like here in Miami. Doesn't that sound like Deion Jordan? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It does. <laughs> it sounds a lot like Deion Jordan. It really does. Uh, that, that's an unfortunate name. You just brought down the entire podcast, Chris. My bad. <laughs> hey, although hey, Deion Jordan is, you know, he started games for a pretty good defense last year. So who knows? Maybe he's and turned he's, it around. He sticks around. Alvin Smith was starting games, right? Wasn't he? Yeah. Yes, and playing well for the Dallas Cowboys until yeah, he wasn't. He was, he was you know, until good. he got injured. Yeah, right. Right. But yeah, you know, he's a contributor now. All right, let's get into some questions. All right, and and we got some pretty good ones because the Dolphins have been tied, I guess, to everybody who's ever been a free agent at any time in in their lives this past week, actually. So the first question comes from uh, Crispy Chicken Thirty. That's Greenview Construction. And he has, was listening to another podcast. First of all, why would you? Mm-hmm. With blank and blank. I'm not going to say their names. <laughs> and they stated we will be going hard after Kenny Galladay. First of all, do you agree? And then the second part of it was also said that Calvin Oy had a reputation as being a handful behind the scenes. First of all, let me say that's a bunch of bullshit. Okay. It always happens, and usually the team gets blamed for that. When a player leaves, everybody's like, oh, you know what? That guy was an asshole. It's, sometimes it's the media, and sometimes the media is being put up to that. Kavanaugh was not a handful, okay, behind the he scenes. He was a handful to the local media. He was yes. not a big, they were not a big fan of his. Yeah, so, so of course, they got to go get on, on podcasts, and I'm sorry. That's a bunch of bull crap, okay? Kavanaugh, I spoke to him at least twice. I know it was a COVID year, but he was very courteous to me. He spoke to the media when he wanted to. He was upset with the way they treated some of the players. He performed as a, as a professional. The coach liked him. They even made him captain for a few games. Now he's gone. That's it. Leave it alone. You, you know, you know, you don't have to start planting seeds that, the, that he was a, a bad guy and he somehow got himself out of here because he has a reputation behind the scenes. That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, so, I thought late late in the year, I think I mentioned this to you guys, but – I, I took a look at him and, and like the Oakland or I'm sorry, the Las Vegas game. And it's just, it just stood out that he looked like he was playing in beach sand, you know? And it was, yeah. Cause his, tough. his hip tough. is, yeah. His hip was falling off of his, of his, of his skeleton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was, he was still a smart player and he still knew exactly what, yeah, you know, I, what he was doing, but yeah, I tend to appreciate those guys. Not, you know, not, you know, plant little seeds on Twitter about them, you know, appreciate mm. those guys that they bust their ass for you, actually perform well for you. Now they're cut. They got their money. They move on. That's it. You know, just make it a clean break. Anyway, enough of my rant. The other part of the question was that we're going hard after Kenny Galladay. It's a few beat reporters are talking about that. How do you feel about that, Simon? Um, He's a really nice player. And you look at the numbers, you know, 47 career. You look at the, compare the numbers between him and Calvin Johnson over the first 47 games of their careers. Galladay has 3,068 receiving yards and 21 touchdowns. Johnson has 3,166 and 22 touchdowns. You know, that's, I mean, that's pretty rare air when you're talking about Calvin Johnson. He's a really nice player. I just don't think he is what the Dolphins need. The Dolphins need 
somebody who can create separation, who can create yards after the catch. That is not Kenny, Kenny Galladay's field. He is a contested catch monster, and that's what the Dolphins have with Preston Williams and with Devontae Parker. They, they need desperately guys who can create instant separation off the line and guys who can create yards after the catch. Um, and it just feels very much like they're continuing down the same path, and it feels a really odd decision. I think in 2019, he didn't play enough snaps in 2020 to, for it to count, but in 2019, he, he led the league in the, the least amount of separation yardage between himself and defensive backs, which, again, sort of defies belief when you... And the rest of that top 10 was made up of Dolphins players. Um, <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense to me in a marketplace where... You know, you've got Will Fuller and Juju Smith-Schuster and Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel and T.Y. Hilton and Nelson Aguilar. And, you know, the Nelson Aguilar rumour the other day makes significantly more sense than the Kenneth Golladay one. Um, we'll wait and see. Maybe um, maybe, maybe the information is wrong, but it just does seem a really strange fit because it's just not the type of player that the Dolphins need. I mean, he's the highest graded receiver on contested catches in the last two seasons. So... You know, that is not anybody that looks at the Dolphins must realise that contested catches are not what they need to be winning. They need to be winning. He's also 28. He's had a hip injury. You know, I would be concerned about that. I'm really concerned. You know, his nickname is on the, if you look at his his profile on uh, Pro Football Reference, they have, (laughs) they always have the nickname there. It's Babytron. Right. (laughs) That's a great one. Before I get to Chris, uh, did you see uh, Simon Emmanuel Sanders, another oldie but goodie? I did, yeah, and John Brown. I think I'd be more interested in John Brown than Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, what's interesting about Emmanuel Sanders when I saw him get, you know, he got cut today. I was like, okay, you know, th- you know, that guy's really done. I looked up into his numbers. He damn near had a career year in advanced analytics as far as his yards per target, separation, yards after the catch. Had a real rebirth in New Orleans. Had a great year, but he is old, 33. So, yeah, John Brown is probably right up our alley instead of him. All right, Chris, Kenny Galladay. I always, I guess, I guess in some sense, I'll always make room for great players. But, um, and if, and if he's a great player, then you'd be, you, let's fast forward three years from now. Are we gonna, are we gonna be pissed off that we, um, are we going to be pissed off that we acquired Kenny Galladay if he's a great player because, you know, the fit wasn't quite right for 2021 or, or flip side around. Let's if, if we pass on Kenny Galladay and he goes on to some team and he's, you know, he's an awesome player. Um, like as with the production that Simon mentioned um, for his first three seasons, if he goes on and he's all that in a bag of chips with some other team, are we going to be pissed about not acquiring him or are we going to be like well yeah but it didn't quite fit you know there's something to be said for that um at the same so maybe acquire him and then trade Devonte parker i you know yeah that's what makes throw, sense throw something uh, throw something out there because uh Devonte parker's a guy that seems to never be able to stay healthy anyway so um so i you know maybe so I, who knows um maybe it's just a a swap uh that's probably how I would be interested in him. I know that we've talked about Kyle Pitts quite a bit and what he can do um, and, and how he can make plays. Uh, well, to be fair, Kenny Galladay makes plays a lot of the same way. <laughs> you know, he's six four, two hundred fifteen 215 pounds. Um, you know, he's a big, he's a big 
dude. He's, he, you know, he's, he's a bully. He's strong. He's, um, he gets down the field. Um, he makes some, makes some really good plays. So again, you want to make room for good players, but at the same time, I think we all question the fit right now and, and privately, publicly, wherever, why, why are we, why are we still on with this, um, this thing? And I know that some people are now reacting against the, the wide receiver separation thing, I'm, but listen, it was just a fact. We had no separation last year. Do you want that to continue? Do you, yeah. do you, I mean, do you have something in mind schematically or whatever that's going to improve that? Yeah, and I, I heard know. and I and I've seen it on Twitter. People asking, uh, you know, is separation really all that important? And a very quick answer: yes. If you if you have receivers that can get you separation, timing is quicker. Timing is easier to come by. Progressions go faster. Your quarterback doesn't get hit. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. So if you get wide receivers that have separation. It's much more cleaner when when he gets into you know Tuatunga Vailoa gets into his progressions, he's going to see easier windows to throw into. He doesn't have to make that perfect throw at all times. Separation is extremely important, and it's even more important from the slot, which you know of course begs Juju Smith Schuster, who we'll talk about in a later show this week. But let's do these questions rapid fire to close out this show. Simon, the Dolphins are good if Jakeem Grant is our number blank receiver. Uh, number former receiver. Okay, that's uh, that, that that's nice and clean and right to the point, Chris. Uh, five. I guess I, I, you know I won't I won't be a completely heartless prick. I'll say Jakeem Grant sticks at number so, five. Wait, so so I am. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you made, you made him a former least, receiver. Good old I mean, Jakeem least, Grant. Cool, Jakeem Grant, <laughs> lovable Jakeem Grant. Oh, you know? lovely fella, but you know, I'm sure there's lots. You're a lovely fella, Alf, but I don't think I want you as a number five receiver for the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Boo, uh, yeah, I say he sticks. Number five, number five wide receiver. I think he can do he, a hell of a lot worse than number five sticks, wide receiver. If he sticks, so. we're in real, we're in real trouble. Really? I think he's a great, I think he's a good return man. I think he can yeah. still, he can still go out there and threaten with speed and. For every one he drops, he seems to make, you know, he seems to go ahead and make two or three plays after he drops one. It's just that the drops that he ends up having are, I mean, catastrophic. Yeah, exactly. Next question. Next question. Phil Riveron, he asked, and and it's not the right, it's not that Phil Riveron. Shouldn't we be expecting, uh, shouldn't we be expecting a discount to prior free agent prices given the drop in the cap this year? which you know, we're going to talk about in a future show. Supply is plentiful and demand is severely constrained. This guy really knows how to write a tweet. I think we might see this hit even in the top free agents. So basically he's asking, we're going to buy some good players at really cheap prices this offseason. Simon. If, if Phil works, let's just say for argument's sake that Phil works at Ross Dress for Less. Um, does Phil think that because of the pandemic, Ross Dress for Less should just pay him less? So Phil paid for less at Ross Dress for Less. That's not how it works. Uh, guys still are going to get paid whether or not the cap's low or not. It's up to the teams to be creative. Um, why should people take a hometown or a, a lesser money 
uh, when they're literally putting their lives on the line because the cap number has gone down. That's just not the way it works. I mean, try going to a locker room and explaining that to to those guys. Phil wouldn't take less money at Ross Dress for Less just because there's been a pandemic. So why should uh, an NFL player do so? Um, I'm sorry that sounds like I'm a selfish asshole, but yeah. that's just facts. And I may that's... as well stick with the same theme. <laughs> hey, you're on a roll. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I would uh, I would say that um, it is gonna it is gonna affect certain quarters of free agency, and I've I've alluded to this several times. You're gonna have a hundred veterans out, out there who probably could be starting football games, let alone be on an NFL roster, um, who are gonna be like you know I can't get a phone call right now, and it's just because you, you, as Simon alludes to, the prices are gonna be stickier than than the the actual um budget is going to be the budget is clearly down but the prices for the players is going to be stickier because because they're going to be like well i'm not going to sign a long-term deal for some discount this year and then next year i'm going to be watching all these other players sign new long-term deals and it's going to be twice as good as mine um no player no agent is going to do that so i think you're going to have a hundred veterans out there just like hey why can't i get a freaking phone call um and and that's where i think the opportunity might be um and that's where you're going to see the the real bloodbath as far as this budget cut is concerned the guys that are signing in the first 48 the first 72 of um a free agency get you know you're going to see big sticker prices just as you always do and and they're not there's not going to be any discount there um right. so yeah that's not how lightning round is supposed to work, by the way. But we'll do two more questions. I didn't hear okay. lightning. <laughs> no, I didn't hear lightning either. <laughs> I said lightning round on the way out here. All right, Simon, if two award in this year's draft, what number does he go? Uh, does he still have a broken hip? Um, yeah, good question. He goes guess, before. I, he goes before Fields and after Wilson and Lawrence. Wow. Okay, Chris. I mean, it's so many. So, does he have a busted hip? Does he? Um, he's do the prospect, we know? He, he's the prospect that he was last year when he went number five overall. It, with a busted hip, then yeah, he's. I think. I think with a busted hip, he's going to go after. Definitely after Trevor. Probably after Zach. Um, maybe even after Justin Fields as well, just because of the busted hip. Um, so yeah, I think if he didn't have a busted hip, you know, that's a fair comparison. I think he's probably going after Trevor and that's probably it. Um, but you know, if the, if, if it was the same now, the real question is like knowing what we know right now, um, because he started half a season and, you know, struggled in a couple games, did well in a couple other games, knowing what we know now, he's, he's probably worth like a late first rounder, right? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I, I, I believe so. All right, last question. And this one's from JP at Awful Takes. And I actually, it's, it's not a actual, good take. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good take because the quiz question is really good. Um, you know, he words it a little bit different, but I'll boil it down a little bit. We've been talking about Kyle Pitts here, especially on Twitter. He's been a hot topic this past week. Let's say the Dolphins do draft Kyle Pitts. And his question goes right to that. Do you actually trade Mike Gusecki if you draft Kyle Pitts before you have to pay him? Or is Mike Gusecki and Kyle Pitts 
like a thing you would want to see going forward? Simon. I mean, a billion percent not trade Gasicki. I mean, I was talking about it with a friend this evening that it's never really been replicated ever since, and I don't know why, but the Aaron Hernandez-Rob Gronkowski pairing, that New England offense in 2010 mm. was about as good as it gets. Um, and if Gronkowski hadn't been injured, they probably would have beaten the Giants in the Super Bowl. Um, Brian Flores was there at that time. Um, I just don't see any teams that have tried to replicate it with two monster, potential monster pass-catching tight ends. I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer for me. I think the more, more I've thought about it over the week, and I obviously refute, um, I have the uh, ability to change my mind, and I probably will do at least three more times between now and the draft. But as I sit here right now on whatever the date is now, March the 11th, I would say that if I was the Miami Dolphins, I'd be taking Carl Pitts with a third overall pick because he just does so much. I mean, you go back and watch the Alabama game, for example, and I know this not, is not lightning. You go back and watch the Alabama game, Alabama did what NFL teams are going to have to do, and they had to put Patrick Satan on in their best corner, a corner that's going to go my number one corner in the draft, a corner that's going to go in the top 10, 12 in, in April. They had to put him on him, and he still was beating Satan. That's what NFL teams are going to do. They're either going to have to commit to putting their number one corner on him because he's so good, because he's so explosive, because his separation quickness is so good, or they're going to have to put a number two corner and roll a safety over the top, which then opens up everybody else that opens up Gasicki and whoever else they draft. Um, and that's what carpets does that people don't seem to understand, but he's a tight end. That's not value. It's not about that. He isn't really a tight end, but also it's a matchup league and you're looking for matchups. And if you can get carpets matched up against defenses where, you know, that you get certain defenses on the field and you have carpets and Mike Gasicki, you know, a tight end, you can take teams apart because it's only going to take one play one misaligned, miscalled defense, and you'll be able to hit big hitters down the seam. You'll be able to get those guys in the slot, you know, moving, swing balls. I mean, it's just the op- the options and the opportunities for the offense are, are endless. So um, I don't even remember what the question was, but yes, carpets is the answer. <laughs> All right, Chris, that would be that would be a it's a it's a thing going forward, or does he make Gasecki expendable before before they have to pay him? is essentially his question. I think it's a thing. Like, if you draft Kyle Pitts and then you trade Gasecki a year later, I think it's a huge disappointment. I think the the whole idea is to have them both. No, Chris? Uh, what he said. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think you keep Gasecki. I think you want to look forward to, particularly what, um, and Simon, you brought it up that, uh, that you heard Greg Cosell talking about, and the more you, mm. the more you think about it, the more it makes sense. Uh, to some extent, yes, it are, we already have this luxury with Mike Gesicki because he can be moved around so many places that you answer questions about the defense before the snap, before the ball is even snapped by seeing how the defense is going to line up on Gesicki. But with Kyle Pitts, you not only have a player that can line up everywhere like Gesicki lines up, he lines up wide, he lines up slot, he lines up in line. Um, you have a guy that can line up everywhere and be – extremely dangerous everywhere and um and i'm I'm not even sure if i compare it to gronk and gronk and and hernandez i you know i i almost want to say well you know go back and remember when calvin johnson and eric ebron were playing with each other you know um or go back and and look at what um as pass catchers what what mike evans and uh and 
and Cam Brate have been doing in uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, they're you know as pass catchers. I, and I think what that, the Colts had with uh, Dallas Clark and uh, was it Allen? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, yeah, they, he, remember he went that. to New England. Dwayne yeah. Allen. Dwayne Allen. Oh, Dwayne Allen, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, he was more of a blocker. But uh, I think, yeah, just look at it and just look at those those bigger receivers. That's what that's the way I look at Kyle Pitts. You look at Chase Claypool. You look at what Mike – every single thing that we saw Michael and Mike Evans doing, if you go watch, you know, all his big highlights all through the year, every single thing that he did this year is something that you could easily have Kyle Pitts doing. And and things that he did in college against the best corners, against J.C. Horn, against Patrick Sertan, uh, as you said, against Kelvin Joseph, who's a very good corner, against uh, Derek Stingley, if you go back to 2019, mm. you know, I, I and, you know, the, he did this against all these be- the best corners out there in college football. So you have every reason to believe that you're going to everything you see Mike Evans do and you're like, well, he can do that and then he can do more. <laughs> and then he could do things that you wouldn't probably wouldn't have Mike Evans doing, you know, like uh, in terms of blocking and in terms of working on in line, you, stuff that you have Darren Waller doing. Um, so yeah, of course you play these guys at the same time. That's a no brainer. All right. Well, that's it for this show. Uh, we'll get another show later on this week. We will talk to you guys. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.